So the spider web effect is, it's what I call it when you create videos on YouTube that people can actually find and they watch and they hit subscribe because they want to come back for more. That was Meredith Marsh talking about her spider web effect that gets people who's already on YouTube to watch your videos, continue down your library of videos and hit subscribe to your YouTube channel. How's it going creators? Let's go. Let's get into this episode today. Let's help some creators out today. Let's go. I'm Jeff Parker, the host of this podcast that helps creators get business savvy, understand the business of creating content. So quick update. I want to change the format of these instead of this super long 58 minute episodes. I've been seeing that people like shorter episodes. So I'm going to break down these longer hour long podcast episodes into like 20 minute, 20, 25 minute episodes that are very to the point over two topics, three topics at most. So you can just chill in the car while you're doing dishes, whatever you're doing and learn about something strategically about one or two things. So let's get into it. Would you like your audience to open up the YouTube app? They keep seeing your face because you're making content around a certain specific topic. That's how the spider web effect can actually help you. You learn a very, very, very simple technique. I can go in your analytics, look at your top three videos and make more content very easily that people are going to watch in this episode. You also find that YouTube, yes, it is a video platform. People don't. YouTube does not want you to click off links, but most of her subscribers on her email list are from YouTube. They're not from her blog. They're not from somewhere else. They're from YouTube. Someone had a problem. She had a freebie. They clicked it. Anybody who has a YouTube channel can make an email list very easily. At this point, the episode ends on that topic right there. And then in a couple days, I'm not sure on the, how this is going to work out yet. I drop in with another episode and she can help you as a creator start being a business savvy creator. So that's it. Enough of me rambling. Let's get to this show with Meredith Marsh about her spider wave effect. So let us know who you are and uh, where you're creating content at. So I am Meredith Marsh. I started publishing weekly in 2015 at the beginning of the year. Although I guess technically my journey started the year before that, because that's when I kind of started to have this idea of like, should I create content? Should I be a content creator? I actually wanted to be a blogger. I had no intention of ever being on YouTube or doing anything with video. When I figured out what I wanted to create content about it just kind of made sense to also create videos so i just kind of did what other people what i saw other people doing on youtube which was just talk to a camera that's kind of how it started in 2015 so i started out creating tutorials and how-to videos on how to use a gopro camera and how to edit gopro videos for my intention at the time was to help families, in my mind, I thought I was going to help moms create really fun family videos. And it turns out it's not the moms that do that. Usually it's the dads, which is fine. But like it, it evolved over time and I had no idea what I was doing. So that was like, that was where I started and that was my intention. And then I just kind of followed what made sense. And now my channel is still dedicated to helping people figure out how to use a camera and how to edit videos, but it's not so much for family videos. It's more for like YouTube and social media and things like that. So what you have this, this spider web effect, which is how you like make videos. 
Mm-hmm. Or you can explain it better, but tell us about that. Yeah. So the spider web effect is it's what I call it when you create videos on YouTube that people can actually find and they watch and they hit subscribe because they want to come back for more. And it's actually, this is actually how I started my channel, but I didn't like have a name for it. I created a bunch of videos that were all related to each other. I think my first, not my first videos, but maybe like my fifth through 10th video was a series on how to use GoPro's video editing software, which doesn't even exist anymore. And so in my mind, it made sense. I'll, I'll, I'll make this a series, break it up into smaller videos instead of like a two hour long video. And um, it made sense to me as the creator, but it also made sense from a viewer perspective, because then each of those videos could be optimized for the specific keywords, like how to import your videos into GoPro Studio. That's one search term. How to split your clips in GoPro Studio. That's another search term. So I had optimized this sort of cluster of videos that were designed to be consumed in a series. And so people hit subscribe, they came back, they wanted to watch the whole series even years later, even now, even though the software doesn't even exist, people still have it, they still use it, and they still go find those videos because they're searching for them. And so to me, that all made sense. But what I noticed when I would get together with friends who are starting a YouTube channel or clients or people would be like all over the place with their videos because they're like, well, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. I don't want to put myself into one category. I don't want to be just known for that. But you have to get traction on something and then grow. Like you can't, nobody wants to be known for just one thing, but in order to be known for more than one thing, you have to be known for at least one thing to start with. So that's kind of how I developed this idea of the spider web effect where you build essentially like a spider web or like a web of videos on your channel that are related, just like a spider web. Everything is connected to the point where the spider web is an actual net to catch bugs, right? So if you can create a channel where all of your content is so closely related that the viewers you're trying to reach, they, they almost can't view they can't open up YouTube and not see your face or not see your thumbnail because the topics are related and they're interest they were interested in one video like they found it in a search result or something and now YouTube is going to suggest things on their homepage the next time they open it up or suggest it in the sidebar as a suggested video and when your topics are scattered around YouTube doesn't know what to suggest to people because it, it doesn't have that library of content of related topics. So that's the spider web effect. It's awesome. So, the, the, so when, so two things I had, like when you talk about a series, so is that part of your spider web effect? Creating a series. Yeah, I, it can be, it doesn't have to be, I think creating a series with like three videos or five videos or something to me it just makes sense in my brain especially if you're just getting started with creating videos and most people when they start out on youtube they're trying to learn how youtube works and they're also trying to learn how making videos works right they're like they don't know how to use a camera they don't know how to edit the videos so 
you know, a lot of times they they have a big idea of everything they want to cover on their channel. And if we can just take one of those ideas and break it down so that you're making a five minute video instead of a 15 minute long video, then you're going to you're you're it's it's small wins. Right. So you're going to you're going to get that video recorded, done, edited, published, and then move on to the next video. So you have kind of like these smaller projects to work on rather than a big, scary first video, long project that takes forever to create because you're just new at this whole process. So I I think a series works, but it doesn't have to be a series. It just, it just seems logical to me. When we said you're just like, when people don't be just known for that, like literally that's the best part is that because if you're known for that one thing, then you could spread and do whatever you want. Exactly. It's like, there's a phrase of like, when you're, you know, if an entire paragraph is in bold, then nothing is in bold. Like nothing stands out, right? You have to have one, one thing in bold in order for that one thing to stand out. So yeah, you, you really have to also think about your actual audience, which I think is a really, I do this too. I struggle with this. I always have, I think about topics, like what topic should I create a video on next? Instead of asking, what does my audience need to hear from me next? And so in it, I think it's natural to think that way because what is YouTube? It's a bunch of videos on topics, but those videos are aimed to reach people. So what if you're trying to reach certain type of person, a certain niche of people, what do they need to know? What do they want to hear? What are they doing wrong that you can create a video on how to like correct that thing? And thinking about it from like a people sense, a viewer sense is when you start to think about it that way and kind of get out of the whole topics planning mode, then I think it's easier to to stick to one what I would call a section of the spider web, stick to one kind of main topic for a little bit and then branch out to something else, but still keeping your audience in mind. Yeah. I mean, think about Googling something, you don't Google, you go how to fix your car, blah, blah, blah. You're not just Googling your car. Right. How long do you think, or, or what are like your examples of your spider web effect and like how long would it take to implement if someone wasn't doing this at all? Just... If you weren't doing this at all, what I would do is if you already had a YouTube channel, I would look at what are your top performing videos on your channel right now, like in the last 30 days or the last 90 days. I would do the last 90 days. That'll give you the best, the most, I guess, data. See what's working in terms of like views. Your YouTube analytics will tell you which videos are performing. Like it'll give you your top 10. and pick something from there, like in the top three, hopefully, that that you could create a cluster of videos about. You could do an update video. Like if I, I have a bunch of like iMovie tutorials, I'm going to record another iMovie tutorial for 2022, even though iMovie hasn't changed. I mean, there might've been a couple updates, but it's basically the same thing. You could watch my tutorial from 2018 and still learn how to use iMovie. iMovie tutorial is doing really well in in on the whole channel so if i create another one and update a 2022 version then youtube knows exactly who to put that video in front of because 
it knows that people watched the 2018 version. So wouldn't they want to watch the updated version? See if anything has changed. See if there's any new tips they can pick up. Yeah. yeah like that's the idea, right? So um, I already have an iMovie series, but I did this last year. Maybe it was 2020 because I had that iMovie video that was doing well. So instead of just creating an update to it, I created three, I think three or four iMovie videos that were a little bit more specific than just how to use iMovie. So like how to add background music, how to, I don't, I don't even know what they are. So I created a cluster. I created like its own little a section of the spider web because I knew that I already had some traffic on that one particular video. So I created a handful of other videos on that same topic. And that's what you want to do is like basically create a little cluster, create a little section, a little sliver of your spider web. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. So like, do, do you, so if you're like in this section, do you like, like how detailed are you just like make a couple of videos until you're kind of, until you're bored with it and you go <laughs> over here? Um, I, that's a tricky question because I think it's really easy to get bored with what you're creating. And if you get bored and go do something else, I, I wouldn't completely abandon that section of the spider web. I like the, like in an ideal world for somebody who doesn't get bored, I would like create every possible topic that you could. Like if I was going to start a channel right now from, from scratch, and let's say I wanted to help people learn how to use iMovie or or learn how to edit videos on a Mac. So maybe eventually we'd cover more than iMovie. I would start with iMovie and create every single possible video that I could that anybody would be searching for so that my channel is a complete library basically of how to use iMovie and then move either move on to other non iMovie options or cover iMovie on the iPad or something. So it's like still iMovie, still Apple users, but a whole other new set of videos. I totally forgot what question you even asked. Oh, about getting bored, right? So, so if you cover everything you can, I get bored too. So, and I know that I, I've sort of fall into the same idea of like, well, I don't want to just be known for iMovie. So I, I can't just keep publishing iMovie tutorials. And so that's why I think of it as like a cluster in a section of the spider web that I can come back to and create the, the 2023 version of how to use iMovie and the 2024 version, which honestly saying that out loud sounds incredibly boring. But if they're working to grow your channel and they're attracting the audience that you want to reach with your other videos, then why would you not do that? You know? You think you should have a focus like in the middle then about like a Mac computer and then go off in each direction? You could. That's good. I just don't know how far you would change from like iMovie to like now you know I could see, but you're like over here now. Yeah. I like to think of it as like a gradual, again, if you think about okay, your yeah. audience, like for example, I have, I love to create tutorial videos. It's something that I feel like some YouTubers get kind of picked on for like just being like the tutorial channel. And I don't like, I don't want to be a cinematic channel. I don't want to be Casey Neistat or Peter McKinnon. I just, that's not, that's not, I don't, I don't want to do that. 
Creating tutorials is really easy and I enjoy it. I could create tutorials about anything. I've thought about creating like, I do like email marketing. I know you like email marketing too. And I would love to create tutorials on ConvertKit and some of the tips and tricks and ways that I use it to keep it organized, to keep a steady flow of emails going out to my list, all kind of set up ahead of time. But as much as I would want to create that, it, it would be crazy to do that on my channel because my channel has nothing to do with email marketing, but it does have to do with online business, right? So people creating videos for their business. So I have to either decide to put ConvertKit tutorials somewhere else, like on their own channel, or figure out a way to make it work, to make it make sense for my audience. For example, if my audience is content creators, which they are, most of them are creating content for YouTube. And so everyone who's creating content for YouTube wants to grow their channel or get more views or get more subscribers. So if I created a video that was like how I use email marketing to grow my YouTube channel, now we're talking about both of those topics, right? And I'm creating a video about something I know my audience wants to achieve, like the result that they want. But the method is has nothing to do with creating videos. It has to do with email marketing. So that would be a way that I could sort of make a jump to another uh, section of the spider web. I don't know if I'll do that on my channel, but I could. If the response to that video was good and people were like, oh my gosh, how do I do more of this? How do I create a freebie? That would maybe elicit some more content ideas because I know that the audience is asking for it. If you could just test it out and just see if, I mean, if 2% click through rate, blah, blah, then. Exactly. If nobody clicked on it and I got comments that were like, I hate email, blah, blah, blah. I never use it. I'd be like, okay, we're not talking about that on this channel. That's fine. Now I know, you know, and it's, I mean, really everything you create on YouTube is an experiment anyway. So why not treat it like an experiment and do experiments, right? Let's talk about your email list then. So the perfect segue. Wasn't I was going to say, yes. What I liked about your email list, I don't understand. Other people might do it, but it was cool that you could have your video, which you're not, it's not like even like the newest video. It's just a video that can help people today and five years ago. And you had your blog link right underneath it. And I'm not always, I don't have time to always watch the video. So right. click the blog. I'm like, this is like something one day I want to implement this because it's so simple, but so mm -hmm. easy for the, the consumer to just use it. Yeah. So that was just one thing I noticed. But um, tell us how you got, how do you get people, how do you start email lists? How do you get people on it? Has it proven successful in building a relationship, getting, you know, sales mm -hmm. and everything like that? So I've all, I've pretty much had an email list almost, I think, since I started on YouTube. My background is in web design. So I kind of came into content creation with the knowledge of some online, you know, stuff, I guess. So I knew that an email list was important because I heard other people saying like, it's so important and, and, and they were right. So when I first, I think probably maybe three months after starting my channel, I started an email list as a, if you want to get updates from me in your email inbox, enter your email here. And I got like 10 people. And I was like, what? 10 people want me in their inbox? Are you sure? Like, 
okay. <laughs> so what I did at first was just anytime I published a new video, I sent an email broadcast, like manually set it up. It wasn't an automated thing. Eventually at the time I created a GoPro settings cheat sheet as a freebie. So I, so that's a freebie. It's an, it's an opt-in. It's something that, Hey, if you want this cheat sheet, just enter your email and it'll get sent to you automatically. And now that person's on my email list. And I still do that today. I, I sort of go back and forth between announcing that I have a freebie in my YouTube videos. Cause sometimes, you know, there's like, you don't want to send people off YouTube with every video. Um, not like hundred percent of the viewers would go get download your freebie, but so I kind of go back and forth. Sometimes I mention that I have a freebie. Sometimes I don't. If it makes sense, then I try to to do that. So I have a couple hand. I have like two handfuls really of of freebies. And I actually just recently, just at the beginning of this year, I separated out my landing pages from my freebies, and I'm going to pull up my ConvertKit so that I can share with you. Um, because I was curious if people were joining from YouTube videos or from my blog posts, because I knew people were coming from both, but I separated them out. And um, looking at my stats right now, a lot of my, a lot of the people joining my email list are coming from people who watched my YouTube video, not necessarily people who landed on my blog posts. So does that answer the question about email? Yeah, I think we talked a lot about it. I think I followed you from Instagram. So that was just a completely different video or something. So that worked. Yeah. yeah. And I, so what I do is I email my list when I have a new video. And so usually I publish a video on Thursdays. Hopefully I'll get one published today. I have one ready to go. I just am waiting on the details. So I'll send one out tomorrow, probably send the email out tomorrow. And then I have a sequence in ConvertKit of past content, like you mentioned, that's still relevant today. And I just have that stuff set up to send on Tuesdays and Saturdays, I think. So if I have, like, I haven't published a YouTube video probably in two weeks or three weeks as of today. So if I was just sending out emails whenever I have new content, then my list will have not heard from me at all because I didn't have any new content. But because I have the sequences set up, an evergreen sequence with anything, any content that's relevant, there's, I have a lot of old content that's not relevant. I don't share that to my list because it, it, it wouldn't be helpful. But if it's relevant, I have that in the sequence so that my list is always hearing from me. I'm always kind of showing up with relevant, hopefully useful information, whether I'm publishing a new piece of content or not. Maybe how often do you like, have you tested anything where it's like once a week, every couple of weeks, like, or you just. Oh, I haven't tested anything. I just, I kind of, I feel like the more you send to your list, the more the people that are there want to be there because people get annoyed. Like I get annoyed. I'm on very few email lists. So, and of the ones I'm on, if they started emailing me more regularly, I would probably unsubscribe. <laughs> so, you know, that if they're still there and they still open the emails that they want to be there, like they actually care what you have to say. So if I had more 
content to send out, I would go two more days per week. But as of right now, I have the two that go out that are evergreen emails and then one for new content. So there's always usually, hopefully, at least two emails that go out, if not three, maybe more if I have, like if I have doing a launch or something, or if I'm promoting something specific, then I'll do a few more, but it's usually not more than one a day. Yeah. So have you made like actual sales through, like has an email list made you money by people clicking this link? Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Actually, my email list is kind of the only place that I, not the only place that I promote my courses and stuff, but it's kind of the main place. I'm like, I have a membership um, program called the Video Pursuit Society. And I'll mention that in my content a lot on like my YouTube content and on like TikTok reels and stuff, but I'm not making a big pitch to like join it in that content. I'm just mentioning it. And really it's the email list where, where you would probably get more of a pitch type of a piece of content from me. Because again, like if, if I'm in your inbox and you open my email, you want to hear from me. Otherwise you wouldn't have opened it. Right. So that's, that's where I feel like it, I have like five different thoughts trying to come out of my mouth at the same time. That's where I think it's important to have an email list because it's a different sort of level of relationship with your audience. And I think it's more, it's, it's, it's easier to, to communicate the value of an offer that you have in an email where people can read it and click and go to a sales page. If you did that to a YouTube video and someone just, you know, 5,000 people watched it, it might only be a hundred who even care about it. And the rest are like, you're, you're annoying. But yeah, the, exactly. all the people on email list are like, that's, yeah. that's fine. Even if they don't buy it, at least they're like, yeah, you know, that's fine. I'll read it. Well, that's it with this episode. Like I said, I'm going to leave it cut off in half. Let you listen to the other part a little later. I'll leave you with a little tidbit of what we talk about in the next episode. If you can create a specific result and just hand over a system, even if it's a workbook or something that's going to save people time to get to the result. That part you just heard is how people buy things on YouTube. It's how someone buys a course. It's how someone buys a membership. That little part right there can make you literally tons of freaking money. Just, just to be real here. Um, so that's it. Drop it right here. Cut it off quick. That was Meredith Marsh. Please check out her channel. It's literally on YouTube called Meredith Marsh. Check it out. I'll put the link in the description. It was a fantastic, very online business podcast episode. I love this stuff. She's freaking awesome. Do one thing for me, please, wherever you're at. Go to the ratings part on whatever podcast player you're at. And just give it five stars if you think it's five stars. It's going to help get other people in front of it. It's going to post me up there with, with other podcasts. Appreciate it. Creators, let's start getting business savvy. And I will see you very soon.